This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Area, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and... What's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go we... way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do. We do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books. We're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast. That's B R O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's alright, good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C, we spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two, heelsandaface.com. Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S, and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan, and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and we are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. Check out all of the MLW Radio shows over at MLWRadio.com. Speaking of shows, we really appreciate you liking our show. You can catch our show on all major platforms wherever uh, fine podcasts are made available, including Lisbon is one, Deezer, podcast page, Radio.com, Spotify, web player and so many more if you'd like to go over to itunes and drop us a comment and leave us a review we'd appreciate that as well once again if you know a wrestling fan or just somebody who likes to listen to two friends banter back and forth about life and about wrestling as well definitely let them know tag them in social media let them know about our podcast we're always looking to grow and always looking to find some new listeners who want to join us by the way i also want to state before we go any further we have gotten some amazing downloads so far in the month of April. We cannot say thank you enough. We're having yet another strong month, and it's all because of you, the listeners. So once again, thank you so very much for everything that you do for us. With that being said, let me go ahead and let me bring in my brother from another mother, my tag team partner from another continent. Or is it a country? It's the same continent. Yeah, I know. You screwed that up already. Let's go ahead and let's bring him in. Uh, Christopher Budd, we affectionately refer to him as the ass man. Butster, what's going on, buddy? Oh, this is it, Mike. Another day. No work today. Working my wood shop a little bit tonight. Now, me and you are gonna hang out for the next couple hours. Things are good. That's good. We're we're gonna we're gonna talk a little wrestling. We're gonna kind of share some stories about what's happening in the world of wrestling. We're gonna share our opinions as well. And once again, if you'd like to share your opinion on social media, definitely hit us up and let us know. You can tag us on all of your comments. Um, let's go ahead and let's first start off with. I think some some pretty big news with WWE now having that deal where they're going to be merging with UFC and they're going to be becoming a brand new company. Vince McMahon right now is looking to be still in charge of WWE. There are some people within the company who are not very happy whatsoever. Triple H spoke on Monday Night Raw last week and then he spoke on SmackDown this past Friday night. And we kind of speculated last week that we were really unsure what his message was. Now, it, it was a very positive one, you know, that that rah, rah, rah thing. But it also kind of makes you wonder with Vince officially being back, we see his fingerprints all over creative. What could this possibly mean for Triple H? Now, Butster, I know you definitely said something to the extent of it sounded like a farewell or a goodbye. Sitting back a week now, removed from our show last week, what, what's your thoughts right now? Do you still think that with the whole company merging, UFC, all of this stuff, that Paul Levesque is going to be involved? Or do you think Paul Levesque very well may be exiting stage left to do something else? I think he's going to be involved. But I just think just something's going to get cut. Because right now he is more or less the head of creative. 
Uh, I think uh, Bruce Pritchard probably still has the title of that. But Triple H has been, since he took over, or until, until Vince came back most recently, he was doing a damn good job. Changed stuff up, new people got pushes, brought new talent back, or old talent back, sorry. And things were good. Shows were good. It was entertaining again. And just the feeling I get from from his announcements is that he's not going to be that guy anymore. It it was positive. Yes, it was the raw, raw, which you want, you like, you you enjoy watching it. And that's what you want as a fan when you know there's a big takeover like this happening. You, you still want it to be positive. You still, if anything, you want to get more excited. So the real goods are on the corner. But just from the words, yeah, they were positive, but it just seemed like he was saying goodbye. And I still feel that way. I hope I'm wrong. Trust me, Mike, you have no idea how wrong I hope I am. But just based on the way he spoke, to me, it seemed like he was leaving. I'm not necessarily leaving, but maybe leaving creative. I think he'll be around for a while. He'll be around until he doesn't want to be around. He's not doing it for the cash at this point. He's doing it because he still loves it. But that's my opinion, anyhow. So he'll do it till he just doesn't want to. Then he'll say the hell with it and don't go do whatever the hell else he wants to do. I find it to be interesting. Like when you think about it, maybe we should have seen the writing on the wall. Like let's let's say, for example, Vince, you know, was still out of the picture, right? He obviously steps down, he resigns, whatever. <sighs> He still owns the company. So basically, he's still in charge of whatever the hell happens, right? But I wonder, should we have already been been reading the tea leaves here? Stephanie was gone from the company. The only reason she came back was because she had to take over and clean up the mess her dad left behind. Shane is no longer a part of the company. And when you think about it, those would be the only two people who would be able to continue running the company. And if Stephanie was only in because she filled in for a while... And then we saw that she left again once her dad came back. You know, Paul is, is by himself at this point in time. It's not really a McMahon-run family company. And if there was no Shane in the picture for years, which we all knew as fans, we knew Stephanie and Triple H may take it over. But when Stephanie decided to back away, I started to think that, you know what, maybe this isn't going to continue. What I mean by that is continue as a family business because – there was really no one else that could carry on that McMahon tradition. And I wonder if Vince decided, you know what? No one really wants to take this thing over. Why don't we just sell it? We'll split the pot and we'll call it a day. Do you think that looking back now that we should have already imagined that that was going to be happening? Or do you think in the back of a lot of wrestling fans minds, everyone somehow thought something would get worked out and it would stay a McMahon owned industry? I personally thought it would stay in McMahon own bracket. Now, when Shane, we all knew, was out. Uh, Stephanie was out. But Triple H, yeah, he's not a McMahon, but he's an in-law to the McMahon. Correct. So if it were him taking it over, it would still be a McMahon family-run business, however you want to look at it. Once removed, but it would still be, he's still part of the family. Correct. He's not a McMahon per se, but he's still in the family. So I personally thought 
that once Vince went, Triple H was still going to run it. I figured Stephanie was going to step up like she did. I didn't figure she was going to be a, a TV personality, nothing like that. A business woman, an office woman taking care of, the, you know, that type of thing. Which is probably the right call. Triple H is a great mind. If somebody's going to run it, that's the guy you go with. You know, he'll do great things. He did great things. And I hope that doesn't get screwed up now with Vince coming back. Unlike you, I don't despise the ground Vince McMahon walks on. So I I think I look at it a little more neutral than you. Uh, hell, I think Vince could give you a sack full of hundreds and you'd piss and moan that he should have sent you an e-transfer. is too heavy to carry because it was Vince. But that's just me. That's my opinion. I... I think they would have been better off just let Triple H run it. He was doing fantastic. The product was way better, and that's what I envisioned him doing. And that's what I hope they would do. Vince running creative doesn't work. His days come and gone. Look at it. The proof is in the pudding right now. Well, WrestleMania wasn't what it should have been. Uh, the Raw after WrestleMania was dog shit. It was yeah. bad. And it's it looks like Vince is running it again. Nobody wants it. No fans want that. No fan benefits from it. If you're a WWE person, you're not happy. I'm not a WWE person. I'm an AEW guy. But I still want to see WWE do well. Because, you know, if you have competition, they both get better. So you don't want to see them go to hell in a handbasket. And don't forget, I grew up on WWE, same as you did. So you still, you don't want to see something you grew up on just go the way to Dodo Bird. And I think that's what's going to happen with Vince at the helm. I hope once this all gets finalized and it's owned by UFC, or 51% is by UFC Endeavor. Something happens. I just, I don't want to see Vince run it. It's not going to be good. Then well, you will see it put tits up. Well, and that's the thing, though. The, the, the big speculation is what is going to be inside the contract as far as Vince's involvement with this, because it really, see, he signed a two-year deal to continue to work for WWE. But now, now that he works for another company, and he now reports to somebody else. I think it's going to be really interesting if things start to slide. It's not going to be he's going to be necessarily responding to what USA Network wants. But he's going to have a boss now that owns his creation. And I think that in itself may cause some friction. Um, but yeah, I do, I do foresee him being in charge of creative once this whole transition goes over. And things going back to business as usual as they were. And I think with all of that, I think you're going to have a lot of frustrated talent who did not get the opportunity to shine when Vince was here, but then Triple H took over. I mean, let me ask you this. Do you think Sami Zayn would have happened if uh, Vince was in charge of creative? No, not a chance in hell. Neither do I. I think as much as influential as Paul Heyman is, I think even Paul would, would have gotten frustrated with the fact that he's trying to push this story that lasted almost a year 
and it just wasn't going to work because it wasn't what Vince wanted. But I think it's going to be interesting to see what Endeavor does with Vince. Will Vince eventually be let go? Will Vince eventually mm-hmm. step down? I mean, how old is he? 77? It, the man, we've often said this, can't go on forever. I just wonder what his ultimate end is going to be. Will it be he retires or is it going to be, you know, ceremoniously fired or let go? Um, I think it's going to be interesting, but I'm, I'm concerned because the raw ratings came out and I do know that this week there were some travel issues with a lot of the stars overseas. They were coming back and travel got delayed. So, so raw on Monday night when the ratings were not good, there was a lot of circumstances that surrounded that as well. However, it still wasn't that great. And there's a lot of speculation on what's going to be happening now. So don't really know where we go as far as that's concerned. I will say that Mick Foley actually uh, chimed in. Um, Ross Berman actually wrote an article on Wrestling Inc. how he was surprised. And he can't believe that the WWE is no longer a family-owned business. Um, it feels like the mega powers of corporate world are merging again, says Mick Foley on his latest podcast, Foley is Pod, referring to the original Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage. Now, according to Mick Foley, he noticed a crossover with WWE and UFC audiences, contrary to what a lot of the newsletters are actually saying right now. Now, he said that his comments are not being welcomed very warmly amongst the UFC contingent. Foley also said he feared that the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Group buying WWE would not go over very well either, having the Crown Prince Mohammed in charge of the company either. But now that it looks like the company is going to be owned, obviously, by a United States company, he thinks it's going to be okay, but he's still in shock like many other people are that at the end of the day, the McMahon's name will not be on the deed to WWE. I want to ask you this question, too. When you think about, you know, obviously WWE not being a McMahon-run company anymore, do you think, and maybe because everybody's older at this point in time, you know, an Eric Bischoff or maybe even a Paul Heyman or somebody or would have tried to get some investors together to buy WWE or do you think at this point in time they've kind of made peace with ECW ending the way it did WCW ending the way it did you know having a, an opportunity to buy WWE from Vince McMahon do you, do you think that animosity has simmered down over the years I think it had to they had just had to come to grips with it like it or lump it Vince bought them out Vince ended it for WCW and ECW Really, uh, I don't know if it's a matter of coming to grips or just you gotta suck it up. You got you gotta let it go and move on. Vince won, and that's really the end of the day. I'm sure they'll always be a little bit bitter about it. Well, I would think anybody would, but they're definitely not. I would assume that they're not still hostile like they were. I mean, hell, Heyman's working for him. He must have been working for him for, what, 15 years now or 20 yeah. years? or I don't know how long it's been. 20, 20 some odd years now since right. ECW got bought out. Right. Bischoff was with him on and off for quite a spell. Now, would you go to work for a guy if you completely hated his guts? I don't know. I mean, no, I, I don't even think. Well. 
money would work. It wouldn't work for me, just my personality. Like, I'm not really driven by the wallet. And I know that sounds crazy because at the end of the day, you do what's best for business in any scenario, right? But you also have to look at it from the perspective of, do you think you could live with that decision? And I don't necessarily think that I could live with that decision working for somebody that I, I despise no matter how much I was getting paid because ultimately I would be miserable. And I don't think that would be good for anybody. It wouldn't be good for me either. But with WWE in the situation they're in right now, I think from what we're hearing, everything is going to be staying status quo. That means Paul Heyman's still going to be a big influential part of it. Bruce Pritchard's still going to be an influential part in it. Uh, Triple H is still going to be an influential part of it in Vince. But it looks like Vince is going to be the one that is overseeing everyone. So things that might come up to Vince now, as opposed to six months ago, could get squashed. Or people who were planned to get a push or planned to be re to introduce him, that could get squashed as well. So I feel like there's a lot of a lot of just tenuousness happening in WWE. Like I refer to WWE as the most bipolar company that I've ever followed in my life. Like it's so weird. From one week to the next, their story changes, their mission statement changes, how they do things change. Um, they definitely contradict themselves in a lot of different ways. It's weird. It's really, really weird. It's it's not a company that you look at and you go, oh, well, this is their mission. This is what their statement is. They, and they follow that. They don't. Everything changes. That means let, – let's talk about, for example, just to kind of transition, Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle had failed multiple drug tests. Now, under the old regime, Matt Riddle would have been fired. But because WWE allegedly, from what I'm hearing, is not testing for marijuana anymore, he is – wasn't fired. He went to rehab, took some time off, and now he's officially back. So it looks like WWE in some ways from where they used to be have changed what they are now. And it's just like, I don't know if they're just coming up with the times, if they're just changing or if I don't know, or they're making decisions based upon who you are. And if the rules apply to certain people as the rules don't apply to others. But let, let's think about this. Right now, WWE said that they're on a hiring freeze. They said this. Essentially, we're on a hiring. We're not, we're not bringing in any more talent. They signed Logan Paul to an extensive multi-year contract worth a lot of money. Once again, the rules apply to some. The rules don't apply to others. I think that is a situation where WWE could really find themselves in a situation where talent gets frustrated because they don't feel like it's an even Steven playing field. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I see where I see your point and I appreciate it. I just don't agree with it. Um, with Logan Paul, okay, they're on, they're on a hiring freeze. Well, what's to say they weren't working this deal before the hiring freeze? He's been with them. You know, he's a part-time wrestler. We, we all know that. And he's a damn good wrestler, right? He's very entertaining. So I, if I were to guess, this was already in the works. They were trying to swing this deal long before this hiring freeze came about. So you're not going to be in the middle of talks with this guy. Who is it? Who is an attraction? Like, oh, we're going on a, a hiring freeze now, so we're not carrying this on anymore. 
I don't know if that's necessarily how you could do it. I would imagine it was probably already in the works. Hell, it might already been signed before the hiring freeze was announced. They're just, you know, holding it back for whatever reason, legal things. Who knows? There's a lot of stuff that we never know about. There's going to be fine printing contracts. Because Logan Paul, is he not signed with um, uh, PFL? That's an MMA organization. And he boxes as well. So I'm sure there's, you know, things got to be lined up to where he needs time off for this and he needs time off for that. It wouldn't just be a cut and dry contract. It wouldn't be like a, a, a normal contract with him. Yeah, it says, as I'm reading over this, it says that um, the terms in the agreement of the contract were not made available. So it says he made his first debut at um, WrestleMania 38, largely written as a stunt cast character in WWE, but he surprised many people by being able to perform as well as he can. None of his matches have gotten any less than 3.5 stars on Dave Meltzer's rating scale. And all three of his single matches have been four stars or better. Um, so Logan Paul, when we do find out the contract details, he is a big get for WWE. I think we can all agree to that. He has a lot of followers on social media. He's a big deal. He's got a huge personality. And yeah, he can wrestle. And this is not somebody who's just hot shotting it either. He really puts the time in to wrestle. There's some speculation floating online that why are you going to sign someone like Logan Paul if you're not going to potentially push him harder or push him further? Let me ask you, but do you think at some point in time, maybe not written in the contract, you think Logan Paul's going to get another shot at becoming WWE champion? No. Why? At the end of the day, part of the decision-making when they come up with who's going to be the champion is based upon how much they're pushing the needle, how much of the needle is moving with ticket sales, merchandise, revenue, all of that kind of stuff, ratings. And if this guy is producing, it'd be kind of hard not to kind of go with him. And we've already seen that WWE has been going back and forth from what we've heard about whether or not they still think Cody is the guy. Now, I know you're a big fan and you think Cody is the guy, at least the guy to dethrone Roman. Now, what happens after that is anybody's guess. I don't know if if I'm necessarily 100% convinced that's the case. We're going to talk a little bit about Cody in next segment, but let's kind of finish up here with Logan Paul because Logan Paul is a big deal. He's a big name. I just don't see why you wouldn't take somebody like this and really push him even further and push him towards a WWE championship because I mean the man he can wrestle he's good at that he's got the following I I see him having the complete package and I don't know why you wouldn't want to get behind that and, and push him to the moon because you're not going to get enough matches out of him like they've had Brock as champion part-time wrestler part-time schedule. But you're not going to get as many matches out of Logan as much even got out of Brock. And we were all pissing and moaning that Brockner was never on TV enough. That's going to be your thing. How do you have your champion on TV three times a year? 
Well, I mean, in his defense, let's be honest. I mean, Roman Reigns did not wrestle very much during no, the course of the year either. But he was on TV. He was on TV. So you can still be invested in it. I don't know if he and I don't know what what all he does outside of of what WWE would be. I don't know what his schedule would look like. You said as far as fights, he boxes, and I think he does uh, MMA's for PFL. I think, or maybe that's his brother. I don't know. One of them's in PFL, and they both box. I know that. So Logan Paul has a pro boxing record of zero and one. He also fought an amateur boxing match and an exhibition against KSI, which ended in a draw and then eventually a loss, respectively. His first amateur fight was called the biggest amateur boxing match in history. Um, so as far as that, I don't think Logan is the is the big fighter. I think it might be his, it's his brother. So let me... Let me go ahead and pull this up here. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. Let's see. His his brother's name. Gosh, I have no idea why I can't remember that. What's his brother's name? What is his brother's name? I don't know. I'm having a brain cramp. Jake uh, Paul. There you go. Jake Paul. Jake Paul's his brother. Um... I, I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with with all of this. I mean, is he doing other things as well? Yeah, he is. Do I think he necessarily is? I think he's all in on WWE. I really do. If really he is, and he's going to actually be on TV and be part of the program, I'm not saying necessarily be on the road 250 days a year. No, that'd be nice. But he's got to be wrestling more than he does now. You know what? You were right on that. When Jake Paul, this is uh, from Yahoo News, Jake Paul teases when he could make his PFL and uh, PFL MMA debut, working on massive fight for boxing. So I do stand corrected. This article is Simon Samano with uh, Yahoo News. For everyone doubting Jake's Paul's intentions and in trying to enter the world of mixed martial arts, he insists it's going to happen. He just won't be here for just a one-shot th thing, and it won't just be because he's leaving boxing. Speaking to commentator Sean O'Connell this past Friday, 2023 PFL 2 broadcast, Paul teased that when his MMA debut could happen and what he will be focusing on in the future. He went on to say the following, It's looking like I'll make my MMA debut the end of 2023, but it may actually spill over into 2024, but I'm really excited. Just watching PFL 2 fights has got me hyped up. I've been training jiu-jitsu, and I've been going back and forth to my wrestling roots. I grew up wrestling in Ohio. I was Division 1, and I do have a background in wrestling. So I really have a focus on all of these things. Now, Paul, 26, kicked off the 2023 by announcing the big news that he'd signed with PFL to compete in a super fight division expected to take place always on pay-per-view. The signing came after Paul, who rose to fame on social media as an influencer, was becoming a professional boxer. He spent more than a year at his aim at UFC president Dana White, but obviously that didn't quite happen. He then went ahead and started taking shots at former big UFC names. 
So when it comes to that, it does look like you are 100% correct. Boxer, MMA, PFL. Um, I just didn't know a whole heck of a lot about the guy outside of what he was doing with WWE. But, I mean, he has had um, quite an extensive experience background with doing these things. So, But you got to think about this. UFC, let's say he fights in UFC and he's in the WWE. I mean, it's almost a match made in heaven, but I mean, if he's going to be fighting for PFL, then that clearly changes the game altogether. Um, I think the the big thing would be, and, and maybe this is where you're looking at it from, you can't put the belt on him in WWE because obviously he's going to be training and doing other things for fights, plus the injury aspect of it. If he gets injured, what do you do with, with him if he is the WWE champion? you probably want to put it on somebody who you know you can in somewhat of a degree control what happens to him physically, correct? Yeah, that is it's just to me your champion can't be your champion shouldn't be part-time. And he's part part-time. And you're just not going to get enough exposure. It makes your championship look like nothing. Yeah. Hey, it gets defended twice a year. Our champion doesn't do road shows, house shows. He has two matches a year. He does a run-in once a year, and he cuts a half dozen promos. That, to me, just doesn't work. That's my opinion. I want to see my champion compete. I personally think your champion should be a full-time wrestler. That's my opinion. Doesn't necessarily have a match every week. It'd be nice. But he should, or she, should be on TV every week doing something relevant. Because that gives your belt more credibility. Interesting. I mean, I can disagree with you on that one. I mean, if you're if you're going to go with a champion you want him to have him on your programming i mean i think there's no doubt about that mm-hmm. speaking of the aforementioned cody rhodes uh jeff jarrett a longtime wrestler promoter uh, hall of famer now he's working backstage in aew uh booking their events their live events going around the country jeff jarrett discussed cody rhodes loss at wrestlemania 39 Now, to give you a background story, Cody won the 2023 Men's Royal Rumble, and he began feuding with the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns on the road to WrestleMania. Now, Reigns' title span has been over 950 days prior to WrestleMania, so fans began thinking that this was a storyline where he would eventually be beaten and Cody Rhodes would end up dethroning him. However, that didn't actually happen. Speaking recently on My World with Jeff Jarrett podcast, WWE Hall of Famer was asked about his thoughts on Roman Reigns retaining at WrestleMania. Jarrett first noted that he wasn't sure whether the news that WWE was in advanced talks regarding a deal with Endeavor, which broke shortly after the second night of WrestleMania, eventually influenced the outcome. But this is what he had to say. The fact that I don't know what I really don't know what was going to be going on within the company. News was breaking literally six hours before bell time. Did it have anything to do with it? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it kind of would unplug things if Cody had been the champion at the end of the day. 
all the news comes back and we look at it, Dana White and UFC basically stayed as they were. Ari and Endeavor just kind of lifted the whole business, but Dana just kept running it. And the word coming out is it was Vince's baby and it was his business and he wants to keep running it. By the end of the day, the word Endeavor comes before UFC and the words Endeavor will officially be ahead of WWE. So there is in fact a new sheriff in town. Jarrett would go on to say, I have no idea. There's obviously talks and rumors about the finish, whether it was in place at least a month or so ahead of time. I look at a lot of different variables when I talk to people. You know, a $20 million sponsorship. So super, super successful. So why not just keep things going? Don't fix it if it's not broken. I completely lean into that theory, and there are so many sides to this argument, but that's just one side, and that's my side. Now, Jared continued to question whether Rhodes and WWE will be able to renegotiate renegotiate and get the American Nightmare back on the road to WrestleMania to win a championship again. Jared would also go on to say, now on the other side, Cody and the WWE Universe will be able to recreate that groundswell of a finish of the story of being uplifted again, the way he went out. And then he went on and created independent promotion, and now he's back. There's that groundswell. It's back. Now, there's no secret that the company wouldn't mind seeing him as a touring champion, like a lead singer of a rock band. However, however you slice it, the evolution of what's happening with Cody is still in the making. Um, let me ask you this question. And he goes on to say a lot of different things about Cody. Some things are being said online that, when Vince came back, this was something that uh, was almost a punishment for Cody, that Cody wanted to try to compete with WWE by being a part of creating AEW. And obviously that was something that didn't set well with, with Vince. There's others that say no matter how much we think Cody could be the champion, and I mentioned this, if it's not broke, why try to fix it? You have Roman Reigns who's getting huge numbers right now. Do you know for a fact you can get those same huge numbers with Cody? Maybe, but but maybe not. So do you trade a known for an unknown? What do you do? And I think every time you change the belt on someone, there's a certain level of uncertainty. Are we going to be able to be as high as we were with the last guy? But I think with Cody never being a champion before, I think there is a level of a question mark. Can he continue to carry that? I personally don't think that Cody being the leader of WWE is something that's going to be something that that's a good business move. Um, I'm not trying to be, you know, Mr. Hindsight and whatnot, but I just, I just don't feel it there. There's just something about it that just doesn't feel right. He's now feuding with Brock Lesnar. That's probably going to lead up to a, a match at SummerSlam. So now you have Brock Lesnar. You figure he's going to have to go, go after uh, Solo Sokoa at some point in time. So that's another feud. Does he eventually get back to WrestleMania again? And is Roman Reigns still going to be the champion by the time we get to next WrestleMania? Do you think he loses it at some point in time and someone else is champion before Cody gets a shot? So I've thrown a lot at you. What's your take? Uh, well, I thought he was winning at Mania. Uh, I think it's foolish that they didn't give him the belt. I don't care how they push him. He's never going to get the same amount of hype for WrestleMania next year as what he had this year. He had it all. You, there's no way. No, the fans aren't going to fall for that again. You're not going to get him sucked in. Right? 
Will he still get over? Sure. Will fans still root for him? I think so. But he's lost a little bit of credibility credibility now. Personally, I think. You know, I'm I'm a Cody fan. I wanna I'm biased, of course. I want to see him win. I thought he would win. They had everything going, they had all the momentum in the world. They run a big program and then have him lose. Yeah, I get that he he's an unknown commodity as a champion. But do you not have to give talent a chance at some point? Or else Roman is just the champion until he dies? Like, where are we going with this? Or are you just going to recycle? Okay, we'll put it back on Drew. Or we'll give it to Sheamus. Or we'll give it to Seth. You know, we're just going to cycle it through four, four performers. So Walter never gets a chance. He's unproven. As a as the world champion, so they they need to give him a chance. Uh, or if not, you just you just keep recycling your same thing. They gave Roman a chance. They've all got a chance at some point. They didn't know if it was going to go over. It could have been a disaster. Well, but here's the one thing I will say: the Shield was over big time. Mm-hmm. I mean, over. Big time. And no, no offense to Cody, not saying he's not over, because he clearly is. But the Shield at one point in time was one of the hottest acts out there. And all three guys of the Shield were WWE champion as well. Yep. So it was kind of like they knew the Shield was hot. They knew they could put the belt on any of them because the other two guys would always accompany them. Or there was this built-in understanding that there was a connection with the audience. Now, what I will say where they where they went wrong on this was with Roman Reigns, when things didn't go well with Roman, they started to shove him down people's throats. And I think that was a big problem. I think you need to let certain things be more organic when it comes to fans getting behind someone and not force someone onto them. But with Cody, Cody is very polarizing, right? Mm -hmm. But I also think the Cody Rhodes shtick, what do you want to talk about? And, And we talked about this last week. Brandon mentioned this. I just think it it gets old quick. It just gets old quick. And I and I think what's going to happen to Cody is the same thing that happened to him in AEW when the fans weren't really cheering for him. He didn't like that. And he wasn't willing to turn heel. Do you think Cody Rhodes turning heel could be something good for him to lead him to a championship? I'd, I'd, I'd like that. I'd be okay with him turning heel. If they're not if WWE is not going to put a belt on him, why'd they bring him back? Just so AEW couldn't have him? Well, no, I think I think they were trying to capitalize on his popularity with AEW. I think they were trying to look at this. Ha ha ha. We can lure away one of the main pillars of their company. I think that was kind of their thing. Was that 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 aspect of it? You know, these guys think they can compete against us, but we'll steal some of their founders. And the and found do nothing that with they'll them. go. And do nothing with them? Make them a mid-carter? Just make, no, I make AEW look foolish or make AEW look like they're Bush League. Well, they do that on their own. Well, here is what Triple H had to say when it comes to 
why Cody was not the champion at the end of WrestleMania. WWE Chief Content Officer Triple H explained why Cody Rhodes was booked to lose to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 39. The Tribal Chief's dominant run continues now. He's going on a thousand days as the Universal Champion. Now, two stars was a very captivating night. You had Cody Rhodes, who was somebody who'd been a lifelong WWE guy, born and bred. He was through the developmental, gone through several different character iterations, and eventually ended up getting cut. But then Roman Reigns. Roman had been a part of WWE developmental as well. He was also trained and groomed by Dusty Rhodes down in NXT. Well, many fans decided they wanted to start supporting the American Nightmare in their match. However, they were very heartbroken. During the WrestleMania 39 press conference, Triple H stated that Cody Rhodes lost the match because the story isn't over yet, and a new chapter will begin on Raw this upcoming Monday, which was the Monday after Mania. This was a comment. Maybe for a lot of people it was a shocking outcome, right? What I will say about this is it's always interesting to me when people say, how could that have happened, or how could they have taken away that moment? And it's almost perfectly spelled out in the story. I need to finish the story, Cody would always say. In the WWE, the story never finishes, Triple H would go on to say. He would also continue by saying, obviously they're going to be at the Crypto Arena. That was the Monday after WrestleMania. Cody would then address the WWE Universe, which he did. He gets attacked by Brock Lesnar, and now we're into the races of a Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes storyline. So, right now they're saying, hey, you know, story's not done yet. So if you're saying the story's not done yet with Cody Rhodes and your Triple H, let me ask you, but I'm going to put you in the driver's seat. Where do you take the story? What is the next perspective? Uh, Jimmy and Jay? Okay. Does he all of a sudden, like, where does it go for him that continues to put him on the road to the championship? Because you know what the storyline is of why Brock Lesnar attacked him, right? Yes. Yeah. Brock Lesnar was upset that he opened WrestleMania as the opening match on night two and that Cody was the main event. And he believed that he should have been the main event. And therefore, he's taken his aggression out on Cody because he thinks that Cody stole his spot. They've literally gone with that storyline on TV, which I think is about as that's about as amateur hours you can get with coming up for a reason why Brock Lesnar attacked Cody Rhodes. Like that doesn't make sense. No, that's pretty bad. It, it it makes you don't have an altercation between them that you could have uh recorded after WrestleMania when he comes through the curtain. Anything about ha, you know sorry about that one, kid. Not everybody wins it. Like something, right? And then a fight breaks out. Yeah. But because he was at the main event and Brock was the opening card. And that's what you're telling people on TV. I just, so that, that aside, where do we go? Where do we go from here? I don't know. Mike. I, I, I had everything invested in, in Cody winning the title. I'll, I'll be honest. With you, I didn't look past that without him being champion. I'm completely lost. Um, they're not going to have it with Jimmy and Jay. Because they're gonna be in with um, Kale and Sammy. That's got that's got life to it. Yes, it does. So you're gonna run that for a bit. You'd be foolish to walk away from that. There's still plenty of life there. Um, how long are you gonna run Cody and Brock? Well, I don't know if that's a, a long term story. Well, 
couple months, three months, four months at best. I how does imagine it, it's going to get past that. But how do you even have a long-term thing when Brock's a part-time guy? Well, you don't. So, I mean, like, what, what are we going to do here? Have a couple of face-to-faces, a couple of attacks back and forth until we get to SummerSlam, which is in August? I don't no. know. You can't you can't ride out that long. Who knows? Okay, so okay, let's go that. Let's go with that theory. So they have Cody and Brock feud till SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Okay. How do you win? How do you end that? Cody beats him? Or does Brock win? Because if Brock wins. Now Cody's gone further down the ladder. That's true. So then you can kiss Mania next year goodbye. Because no one has any interest in seeing that. What? Well, no one has the interest in seeing Cody Rhodes go for a championship after he's lost at two major pay-per-views. Oh, no. You wouldn't think so. I mean, how how do you recuperate from that? So if you go that route with Brock going over... How would you work the um, solo into a feud with Cody after? You're not, because solo, you're going to have him. He's higher up the food chain. And you've already gone away from Cody feuding with the bloodline. So how do you work? How do you make that happen now? How do you transition? He was feuding with Roman. He lost. Fine, now he's feuding with Brock. Okay, but how do you transition to him back to him feuding with the bloodline? Like, is it do you try to go the route basically do what they did with Brock? You know, Brock's mad, he feels disrespected, he beats him up, they feud. Okay, now Cody does basically the same thing, he's still bitter over what happened at Mania. Six months ago, five months ago type of thing. So now he goes after Solo completely out of the blue. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, yeah, I, I just don't understand. Like, I don't know how you're gonna, how you transition. Like, if he, if he wins, okay, great. Where do you go with it? If he loses, well, that's not a good idea. Now what no. do you do? No, it's not. It doesn't leave anyone in a good situation. So now it's even worse. This is um so this is a little bit of an update on what's happening here. So Cody Rhodes would go on to say that he knows he should be afraid of Brock Lesnar because he's seen similar things happen to other victims in the past, but he doesn't care about any of that. The only thing he cares about is his path forward to a challenge former WWE Universal Champion. At backlash. Now that's when Rhodes then brought things to a close, saying, I'd be crazy to not be scared of Brock Lesnar, but I still want to fight him. WWE later posted Lesnar will appear on next Monday Night Raw, presumably to answer Cody Rhodes' challenge. So WWE backlash. That? That's their next big event. Let me find out a little bit more information about that. Okay, here we go. Let's see here. I mean, I think it'd be very interesting to see 
Cody Rhodes go over Brock Lesnar, and you know it isn't going to be clean. I, I just don't. I don't see Brock Lesnar losing to Cody Rhodes. I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it happening whatsoever. Because no matter who goes over, the loser loses a lot. Yeah. Backlash is May sixth. Oh, it's in the Puerto Rico. It's in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So it looks like right now, what they're looking at here, Bad Bunny is going to be involved. Looks like he's going to be wrestling here. Um, it looks like there could be about with Brock Lesnar, Cody Rhodes, Rhea Ripley, and Bianca Belair. Uh, it looks like they may be trying to unify the championships. I don't necessarily know if that is a decision based upon the new company purchasing WWE, if that's what they want. So May the 6th, but you know that's not going to end there because no matter what happens, let's say Cody loses, Cody's going to want to have a rematch, right? Or he'll might ask for a rematch. So then that takes us to what's after, um, what is after? Let me see if I can pull King and Queen in the ring. Yes. Is next. And I don't think you're going to have anything happening at that. Then you got Battleground. That's okay. NXT. And Money in the Bank is July 1 at the O2 Arena. That's going to be over in England. Yeah. And then you got SummerSlam. Yep. Uh, August 5 in Detroit. I don't know where you go. I don't know really where you go here because I do not say that it would be something where Cody's going to beat Brock. That would shock the hell out of me. Okay, it's being in charge. That's not. That's not going to happen. So, let's let's go with that with that thought process. So Brock Brock wins. Where do you go with Brock? I don't think you really have to because Brock's one of those guys who pops in and pops out. Okay, so so you're gonna at that point you would completely bury Cody. And you got no payoff. No. Brock's just going to go on. He's going to go back to Saskatchewan, do some more hunting for a little bit, hang out on his farm, come back in a couple months' time. Really? And I don't say that in a a smart way. That's the reality of it. That's what you get with Brock. Brock's earned it to where you can do that. So now you got Cody is buried. Do you think it would be kind of a, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but a Cody lost his smile type of deal? In, in I hope Cody, not. That's I, where you kind of get a Cody turn, a Cody heel turn. I hope not. That's dumb. I don't like that. I, I didn't like it. I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just. Sure. I don't like it personally. Right. I, 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 I just don't know anymore, Mike. I really don't. I thought I was. I thought I was slowly catching on. A bit of a slow learner, as you know. But I thought I was catching on to how the whole wrestling world worked. Ah, I don't know shit from Carter. I guess the thing that gets me is that if if what Triple H is saying is this is not the end of Cody's journey. Okay, Triple H, fine. That's not the end of his, his journey, the end of his story. Where do you pick up the story? If it's with Brock, it, the, the, there's no story that's putting Brock and Cody together. I mean, Brock is mad because Cody got the main event at WrestleMania. That's not a story. Uh, 
what's the point of that? You, you've literally just mashed two people together, and there's no apparent reason as to why you mashed these two guys together. Brock's not going to want to lose. He's definitely not going to If he wasn't going to lose to Omos, and they want to push Omos, right? Then you really think he's going to lose to Cody? Here's what I think is going to happen. I think, ultimately, the person who's over and who's going to get a lot of just uh, heaping praise on him is going to be Seth Rollins. I see another Seth Rollins WWE Championship run. I do. He's taken the belt from Roman? Would not surprise me. If we're if we're extracting Cody from the equation, right? And you have to come up with someone. Someone. I would absolutely go with Seth Rollins. Who are you gonna go? Who are you gonna go with? I think AJ Styles is gonna be returning at some point in time. He has been um he's been off of TV. Shinsuke Nakamura should be returning at some point in time, but I don't see Shinsuke. He's not your answer. Okay, so that that's out of the question. They rumor has it they want to build up a Gunther Brock Lesnar. Brock said he's not against it whatsoever. So now you have Brock has a new dancing partner after he's done it with this Cody thing. So now Brock's moved on to, to Gunther. Seth? What about Drew? What about well, Seamus? let's let's talk about Drew for a second. I'm really, really glad you brought that up. Um, Drew McIntyre is his contract is going to be expiring very, very soon with WWE. Now, reportedly, both sides sat down before WrestleMania, and they cannot come to an agreement on a contract extension. Evidently, they are very far apart when it comes to the money and the dates that want to be worked. Um, I'm going to CSS here for the article. Former WWE champion is said to have creative and money issues uh, as his contract is set to expire within the year. Um, Drew McIntyre missed SmackDown on April the 7th. Now, the word is that he had health issues, but we're really not really sure if that's 100%. A new Pro Wrestling Torch issue came out and confirmed by Wade Keller saying McIntyre was physically beat up and a lot was taken out of him during his Intercontinental Triple Threat match that happened at WrestleMania. But Wade also indicates that this may be part of a issue that's happening right now with a 37-year-old two-time WWE champion. Now, while the company was in Southern California, McIntyre is in the final year of his contract. The two sides were supposed to sit down. They did sit down before Mania, but they could not come to an agreement on money, creative, and how many dates he would be working. It's very interesting to find out what is going to be happening moving forward. So... Let me throw this out at you. Do you see Drew McIntyre leaving WWE if money and creative and the dates are not something they can align the stars on? Do you see him leaving the company? Well, yeah, I could see it. Um, Would that be a big mistake to let somebody like Drew McIntyre leave? Yes. They're not. They're going to work it out. or They're going to try. There's no way WWE in their right mind would be like, this is what we're offering you. Take it or go pound sand. They they can't. Drew's amazing. Jesus, he's good. People love watching him. You know, I don't know if it's possible for him to have a bad match. Unless he's asking for just ridiculous stuff. Then so be it. I mean if he's if he's wanting 
you know, 10 mil a year, you know, full creative, and I'm only giving you 90, 90 appearances a year or something foolish like that, then you're like, well, come on, Nala. You're being ridiculous. Right? I mean, if if he what he's asking for is reasonable, they'll they'll do the song and dance back and forth. It's like every sport. Not even sports, it's every negotiation. Even when you're you're negotiating with your boss yourself at work. I want this. Well, we can give you that. Nope. And you gotta play that little song and dance back and forth thing. It's just the way it is. They'll figure that out. They'd be foolish now. Especially right now, you guys just got bought out by Endeavor, and Drew's one of your biggest stars. You're not going to let him walk. I, I just don't think that would be a good idea, because you know everybody's going to call. His contract comes up, they don't renew. You know TK's calling. You know every organization in, in England, Scotland, and Ireland is calling. You know, New Japan, all those guys would be all over him. Great big man like him that can move and wrestle. They'll love him. Everybody's going to call for him. So unless he's asking for just something foolish, they'll work out a deal. I, I have full faith in that. Well, his contract is supposed to expire April of 2024, so we are within 12 months. Normally, WWE likes to lock in their talent to long-term deals. Now, long-term deals, according to WWE, is typically a three-year deal. They don't typically go any longer than three-year deals. Um, let's talk a little bit about, as we're talking about Drew McIntyre, some other people who recently re-signed contracts. Um Tom Hannafin, who was a commentator for WWE, he posted on social media. He has re-signed with Impact Wrestling. Eric Young, who was with Impact Wrestling, TNA, for many, many years. And then he went over and joined uh, NXT. And then briefly, for a cup of coffee, got called up to the main roster before he ended up getting cut. Goes back to Impact Wrestling. Well, reports are that he actually signed a contract with WWE. It was in November. They have kept him off of television so far. They're not really quite sure when they're going to debut him. Uh, recently, Sky Blue, AAW, uh, Chicago-based wrestler, she recently was signed to a contract deal with AEW, so she's all elite. Jay White, as many people know, left New Japan Pro Wrestling for Greener Pastures. And one of the reasons why he said he was looking for more competition, he's under a multi-year deal with AEW. Brian Cage recently signed a new contract with AEW as well. By the way, also, if you're wondering, oh, Austin and Colton Gunn lost the tag titles to FTR, what's going to happen with them? Don't worry. They resigned recently. They're going to be sticking around as well. Um, I'm trying to look at some of the money here just to kind of give you some type of idea. Let's see. Okay, let's take AJ Styles, for example. AJ Styles signed a contract in February of 2022 with around $3 million a year salary. Um, let's see who else. Braun Strowman signed a three-year deal. Uh, Brock Lesnar currently has eight matches left on his contract, so he's just his is just strictly a per-match basis. Bronson Reed signed a three-year deal again uh, recently in 2022, so therefore he's going to be with the company until 2025. I'm trying to see. 
Cody Rhodes' contract will be up March or April of 2025. That's when his contract is up. Two more years. They may end up tacking on some time for the time he lost due to that injury as well. So, interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. What will happen with Drew McIntyre? Drew probably has a lot of money. I'm sure he doesn't. He doesn't come across as somebody who is in the news for things that shouldn't be, if you know what I mean. I think he would be fine if he left WWE. Most people like to stay within WWE. But what do you what is the product really going to miss if Drew McIntyre leaves? Do you feel like that's going to be a big blow to them? Or yes. do you feel like they would be able to fill in the gap? Both. It's going to be a big blow. They'll fill it with somebody. I mean, there's always Always somebody looking to step in to fill the shoes. But he's good, Freeland. And man, he is damn good. And for him to let him go, I don't know. I think that'd be nonsense. I, I think that'd be a mistake. Like I said, unless he wants the world. I mean, he, he needs to realize WWE does not revolve around him. You know, he always has great matches. You know, he brings it all the time. He's a guy you can put in the ring, make him put him in the championship picture tomorrow. People are going to watch it. You know, people, people love watching him. His matches are always fantastic. They're believable. They're stiffer than all get out. Right? He, he's, he's a guy that you can put into any kind of situation. Look what they did with him and Sheamus. Right, I think put if, them together, they, they're tag team partners that beat the hell out of each other. And it worked. Right, then the, the match they had with with um, Gunther? Yeah. Lord love a duck. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was some kind of match. I would agree. That was fantastic. No, he, he, no. Gunther, well, you think Gunther is fantastic, so I mean, he would have put off a good match with anybody. Uh, Sheamus always puts off a good match, but then when you throw Drew in there, on top, right? In my opinion, he's he's the best of the three. Yeah. Right. So I mean, if he walks, or they let him walk, or however you want to look at it, it's a, it is a big loss. They will replace him with somebody else, though. It's just the way it is. There's always going to be somebody else looking to take his spot. So. I want to talk to you about WWE cuts. And I think it's interesting when we talk about this, because every year after WrestleMania, there's inevitably the cuts, right? They do it every year. They haven't made any yet this year, have they? They haven't made any yet, but there's going to be a draft coming up in the next couple of weeks. And they're going to be determining who goes where in a, in a shuffling um, of the brands again just to kind of keep things interesting. When I ask you this question, before I tell you right now what the rumor is on the people that are in danger of being cut, I'm going to ask Christopher Butt, who do you think could get cut? Who would not surprise you if they got cut? Bray Wyatt. His first one pops in the head. He's done. I'll be wow. shocked if they that's, a, that's a big statement right there. Yeah, I will be surprised. They've, they've wasted him. He hasn't done nothing. Nobody cares. I'm not saying as I mean, I like Bray Wyatt, but they've done nothing with him since he came back. 
So Vince cut him once or didn't resign him or whatever he did one time. And now Dave Triple H brought him back and nothing's coming of it. So I could see him getting cut. Um, well, it's a good question, Mike. Just kind of Nakamura. Wow, I can see him getting cut. I I don't I don't fancy him much. I don't think people are behind him. Maybe what? people are. I just don't see much out of him. Um, no, I I could see Ronda Rousey getting cut. It's a big name right there. Yeah, huge name, but she doesn't care. She makes a bunch of money. She's hasn't done well, really. Or you know, she doesn't seem like she gives a damn, unfortunately. Um who else can I see getting cut? Viking Raiders. I could see them getting cut. What about Butch? Pete Dunn. Yeah, I can see it. I think it'd be a mistake. Pete Dunn's fantastic, but I can see I him agree. getting cut. I would agree. Um, Elias, I can see him getting cut. I would agree uh, with that one. Um, Corbin. I could see that. I don't happening. think anybody would be really surprised if Corbin got cut. No. No, I don't think anybody would be. I mean, you're throwing out some really good names here. Um, yeah, I'm just me... randomly just. No, I'm yeah. giving you credit because you're you're throwing it out there and uh, you're doing you're doing quite well. So, Liv Morgan. What... See, that's interesting when it comes to that. I just I don't know. I I feel like. I'll talk about live in a minute. Okay. Um, over on Bleacher Reports, um, Grantham Matthews wrote this article. I want to give him credit. He was talking about people in WWE now that WrestleMania is over who may be hitting the chopping block. Now, the very first is actually a faction, and it is Hit Row. Now, many of the superstars Triple H brought back since Vince left the company a big trio he brought back was Top Dollar, Asante, um, and Adonis. And B-Hab, Fab has not really been that big. Now, the return of Hit Row on SmackDown left fans optimistic that they would be used better in this next run. But they saw things get axed as far as their on-camera time within a month. Unfortunately, they have not really amounted to much ever since they've come back. Now, the group first spent their first few months toiling in the tag team division on SmackDown as babyfaces, but they weren't really receiving much reception from the crowd. Now, these failed attempts did not impress people backstage either. There is a consensus around the wrestling community that they may not necessarily be around much longer. Now, Hit Row was originally released by Vince in 2021, um, and now that the chairman is back in charge again, could a similar thing happen with them? B-Fab, to me, 
I don't know. I, I, I don't get big into factions, to be honest with you, unless it's a really good faction. I feel like a lot of times in wrestling, they throw people together and because they don't really have something for one person. But if you put that person together with some other people, it might it might get on with the audience. But BFAB really hasn't caught back on yet. They were white hot at one point. And then they kind of started to drift off. Vince cut them before they completely lost all credibility. And then they bring them back, or I should say Triple H does. And Triple H even said in interviews he was not impressed with about 70% of the people he brought back. So BFAB is one of them who it doesn't look like they're going to be um, high on the list of keepers. Would you agree with that? I'll be honest with you. I forgot they're even around. Well, that shows you how important they are right now. No, I'm not (laughs) trying to be a dick about it. I'm I'm being honest. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's not an act that you hear a lot about. It's not an act that you see very much on SmackDown. So it's kind of like, are they even there? I mean, you do make a very good point, though. Um, I don't necessarily think that. I think they're going to end up kind of fading away. And then at some point, either a contract expires and they don't get renewed or they will get let go. Somebody who you also mentioned, um, it's been six years since we saw the first appearance by this person on the Raw after WrestleMania, six WrestleManias ago, and that was Elias. Now, to his own credit, the 35-year-old has exceeded expectations following a very uneventful run when he was in NXT. Now, granted, he hasn't held any gold beyond the 24-7 championship, but he still remains a regular now, you remember the storyline where it was his brother, uh, Ezekiel, that was taking the, the place of Elias. Elias was not around. It was Ezekiel. Everybody kept saying, no, it's really Elias, et cetera, et cetera. Kevin Owens was involved in that storyline as well. That probably was the most well-known storyline for Elias recently. But Elias has not really found success uh, in the last several months or even a year. And many wonder if uh, Walk with Elias is officially done in WWE. You mentioned him as far as some of the names that you thought might get cut. Um, do you like Elias? And, and do you think that Elias has, he fits in somewhere in WWE? Or do you think if he didn't catch on by now, he's definitely not going to catch on? You're totally setting me up because you know I love Elias. I think he's amazing. Okay. But you're totally setting me up on that. So what makes, okay, let me ask you this. What makes Elias so intriguing to you? I don't know. That I can't give you a solid answer. The walk with Elias, the guitar thing, I thought was excellent. I really enjoyed it. I don't know. There's, You know when there's, there's a, a talent that you're like, I just want to cheer from. I like that female or that male. But you don't really know why, but you just want to root for him. Am I right out to lunch on this? No, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Butcher right. in AEW. I love his style. Right, the, but there's just something about Elias Mac. I like him. Why? I don't know. I think the walk with Elias thing was cool. I just think his gimmick, was, and he's a good wrestler. He's, he's a, a better wrestler. wrestler than he gets given credit for. And he can talk. There's no right. doubt about that. So I just, he's not, he's not amounting to much in WWE, unfortunately. Now, is that bad creative or is it just the way he's just not good enough? 
And, you know, I'm it's just I'm looking at it through rose colored glasses. I think he's fantastic. Well, you also look through rose colored glasses for another star that um, will remain nameless. But I'll uh, quit I, this show if you say he's getting released. I'm done. No, I'm not saying he's getting released. Okay. I just don't see him holding WWE gold. All right. So a lot of mistakes let's finish on Elias first be before, we get to, before we get to your, your, your good buddy. I just don't think it's in the cards. It's been six years. It hasn't really worked out. They've tried to do a lot of different things with him. None of them have really caught on with the audience. It's, it's time to go away. And, and once again, sometimes going away doesn't mean you can never come back. We've seen people do that. We've seen Drew do that. We've seen Cody do that. We've seen many stars do that. Um, so Elias definitely could go somewhere. I think he would thrive in Impact Wrestling, in my opinion. I think he'd do really well in the NWA. Maybe he could get a shot at MLW. I don't know. That's my opinion. He's 35, though. That's, you know, for he's him still to looks leave, phenomenal. Well, he, oh, it looks like a million bucks. But for him to leave and reinvent himself, which is more or less what he's going to have to do, to get another chance, he's going to be gone, what, a couple years, most likely? If you're going to go that route, yeah. it's generally a couple years. So now we're talking 37, 38 before he comes back. You're not old at that. I mean, both of us are older than that. But, yes, we're both older than 38, Mike. You are. My birth certificate, I still think, was... Uh, not accurate, but we'll move on. Sure. Okay. But but you know what I mean? Like thirty-seven, thirty-eight. He's not, you're not old, but there's a lot of miles on him by then. Because you know if he's going to leave WWE and he goes to Impact or NWA or MLW, whatever it will be, you know he's going to still be doing indie shows. Yep. So that's more wear and tear on the body because indie shows are generally a little more physical. Than a house show with WWE. Yes. Right? And he might be wrestling more because he's not going to make the same money type of thing. Right. So, you know, that two years he's away, it could be four years of wear and tear. You don't know. Or maybe not. Maybe Elias has done very well for himself and he's cheap. He doesn't like to spend a dime and he won't need to go back to work in indies and doing double shots on Saturday and Sunday and you never know. But generally speaking, when it goes this route and they go to your to your minor league uh federations, there's more wear and tear on them by the time they get back. And at his age now, it's gonna be harder. I think if he gets released, we won't see Elias back in WWE. I think it's the end of the road for him. So no, no one's walking with Elias anymore at that point. Unfortunately, no. No. He's going to get on his hover round. Um, let's talk about somebody else who could be getting uh, on the chopping block, and that's Lacey Evans. Um, yeah. L- Lacey is someone who I never really feel like she found her identity. She was, you know, the sailor, and then she was with Ric Flair, and then I feel like she just bounces around. I feel like they don't know really what to do with Lacey Evans. And you don't have Lacey really involved a lot in, I don't know really what you do. Is she just another warm body 
because you got to look at it from the perspective of look, they're keeping Natty around, and Natty doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. Meaning, as far as like being in the main events or semi-main events or holding championships or whatnot, but she's a very serviceable wrestler who does a really good job. Lacey is not in the main events and she's not necessarily what I would call the most serviceable wrestler on their roster. When it comes to the women, I don't know really what you'd do with her at this point. Um, I don't know. It's once again, she falls in that same category of Elias where they're kind of in limbo. They're there, but they don't really have any meaning. If that makes sense. So it makes perfect sense. At least she's never got over. Yeah. I don't know why. I mean, she's had the, the Southern Belle gimmick. Don't forget that one where she was just a mean, nasty woman. Yep. But she just doesn't seem to get over. And she's not a great wrestler. But she's not god-awful either. There, there have been worse. Much worse. She just doesn't seem... She's missing something. Yeah. And, and I don't know why... What it is, uh, another one I'll be honest with you, I almost forgot. Uh, yeah, she's probably gonna get cut, uh, I think. And where does she go? What do you see happening with her if she gets cut? Um, indie shows, autograph signings, like anybody calling her, like any anybody, no, no. you know, TK calling her up, no. No. Her and Jade Cargill going to tear it on the house? No. They're not going to call Elias. They're not going to call her. No. They're not going to call B-Fab. Um, well, okay. You have the... the Now that kind of throws us into the Swerve Strickland category because Swerve was a part of that group. But Swerve then ended up going to AEW. I mean, if in, in a wild scenario... The affiliate moguls are wanting to merge with another group now in AEW. That's being talked about. But, I mean, if B-Fab became available, which Swerve was a part of, would TK be interested in that combination to kind of rebrand all that kind of stuff? Maybe. I just don't think necessarily it's a group that you really are going to invest a lot of money into. So I don't think anyone's calling B-Fab. I don't think anyone's calling Elias to be honest. Like TK is not calling Elias, so everyone else is just, in I'm my just, opinion, I'm just being a smart ass. Honestly, no Elias problem. gets the, the best bet out of all of them, the best chance to go somewhere. Out of well, them once we talk about, let's let's talk about someone else who you also mentioned. Very interestingly enough, you're very good on this. Um, like Baron it. Corbin is another person right now who is on the list. It says. Baron Corbin is much more than a multifaceted person. He needs to be given more credit than he deserve than he's been getting. Having been into the WWE system for a decade, he has put together some huge accolades. The United States champion, Andre the Giant, Memorial Battle Royal winner, Mr. Money in the Bank, King of the Ring. So there's a lot of things he's done, but he's 38 years old. He's also beat Kurt Angle in his retirement match at WrestleMania 35. Now, despite all of his accomplishments, They've never been able to really book Corbin in a big storyline that was really extended and been able to highlight him in a big way. Um, there has been a couple of moments when he's been relevant. Now, recently they went ahead and teamed him up with JBL, but now they've ended the relationship between Corbin and JBL. So Corbin is kind of uh, he's a, a ship without a rudder, as sometimes they say. 
a lot of people think of him in WWE as damaged goods, and it might be time to cut ties with him. You mentioned Baron Corbin when I was going down the list of people who WWE may cut. What makes you lead to believe that Corbin is a guy that, that is going to get cut or could get cut? It just... I don't know. He just doesn't seem to get over. And I, he seems to get forgotten so much. But basically what you more or less just said, Corbin's excellent. He's another one who's very good. Right? He's changed his his gimmick, you know, over the years. And I think he's very... I personally think he's good. But he just seems like he's... Irrelevant. And I just think they're just going to cut a dead weight. He, what's What has he really done in the last couple of years? I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't tell you. That's the problem. Right? And once again, like, I like him. Right? But in the last couple of years, he, he hasn't really done much. Yeah. And, but he's got a good resume. He's done things. He's definitely done things, and there's no doubt about that. But he just—he never seems like he can get to the next step. I don't know what the deal is. I mean, I don't know. I just—I think he's gonna get let go because he has been around a while. So I, my assumption is he makes a half decent buck after being there for ten years. Yeah, this is true, and he's. Really a mid Carter. That that's what Baron is. He's he's no more than a mid Carter. Not to take anything away from him. Do you want to be throwing up big money to a mid Carter, especially when you're you're a company coming in taking over a, a referring to Endeavor? You know they want to try to cut a bit of cost right now and you know work some stuff around. And WWE has always let people go ahead for WrestleMania every year, like you said, forever now. So I could see him, I could see him getting let go, but he's not done. He might right. be done with WWE. I think there's a very strong chance he's not done though. Like he he's getting calls. So. Well, let's talk about somebody who we basically thought was gone—a done deal. And then at the 12th hour, a deal got done. Uh, Brian Cage, according to uh, the Wrestling Observer, has signed a new contract with both AEW and Ring of Honor. This was posted by Josh Nassen. And it goes and says the following. Brian Cage will remain in AEW and Ring of Honor for a foreseeable future, according to Fightful's report coming out on Tuesday. Now, the outlet reported that Cage has signed a new multi-year contract to remain with Tony Khan and his multi-companies. Now, the time frame for the agreement getting done has been just recently the last couple of weeks. Um, it was to save time for the creative process as the current group, he's in the embassy, uh, are looking to merge with the Mogul Affiliates, which is Swerve Strickland's group. So it looks like they're going to be doing uh, some crossover between what's going to be happening in Ring of Honor, which is going to be happening in AEW. Before I go on with the whole Brian Cage thing, you and I talked about this. No more crossover. Ring of Honor needs to be Ring of Honor. AEW needs to be AEW. Would we agree on that? Indeed. 
Okay. Let's go. Let's move on. Fightful is also reporting that the 30-year-old and Khan did come to agreement on a new deal that would expire after March's Super Card of Honor. Now, it has been seen as a compromise as AEW reportedly wanted to add injury time to the end of his existing deal. However, Cage and Khan um, have decided that they weren't going to lose the Ring of Honor six-man tag titles at Super Card of Honor, which then brought into question whether or not a verbal agreement had already been in place with Brian Cage. Now, the initial reports that showed that WWE had interest in signing Brian Cage, but according to Fightful, it ended up looking like he was always going to end up staying with Tony Khan. He first signed with the company in 2020, debuting at May's Double or Nothing pay-per-view, winning the casino ladder match. They picked up his extension after his first contract ended in 2022, and then once again, they picked his contract up just a matter of a few weeks ago. So... Ryan Cage is going to be staying with Ring of Honor, and he's going to be staying with AEW as well. It does look like they're going to be having some plans for him. The thing I would say about Brian Cage, he looks awesome. He is a physically imposing man. I just don't feel like he's been that monster that's been pushed. Do you know what I mean? Like I feel like he and Lance Archer in the same category. They're both monsters, but they don't get pushed as monsters. And I think that's the one thing that bothers me. I feel like because WWE has at times had their monsters, you know, and you're, you're Brock Lesnar, for example, you're Braun Strowman monster among men. You had these big, big dudes that would just seem imposing and intimidating. I don't really find that in AEW. I find a lot of guys that somehow fall into the, the weight category of two to two fifteen or two twenty five weight you know, maybe five ten to six foot one. You, you don't see big monsters in AEW. Don't you think it would be a nice little change of pace if you built somebody up to be a big monster? Willie Hobbs, Wardlow. They're, they're bigger dudes. They're bigger Will dudes. Will Hobbs is a unit. That man is huge. But Will Hobbs also, until he ended up getting this push for the TNT Championship, he lost a lot. And he really wasn't pushed as this huge menacing monster. Um, and then you had Brian or um, Wardlow, who looked really strong for a long time, and then was gone for a while. Comes back, and then he loses the belt. And then you're like, well, where do we go from here with him? I, I often feel like Wardlow is in the same category as Cody Rhodes. I feel like he's lost momentum, and you can't get that back. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. How it all went down with, ironically, with Willie Hobbs. No, we have we've had this discussion on air and and personally. Uh, they dropped the ball when they didn't have him and Max do something. They should that have done that. Failed. You can't do that now. Well, I mean, he beat Max, but it was a squash match because I think Max was was not in uh, good graces with Tony Khan at the time, or yeah. at least that's what they were trying to build up. Yeah, uh, it was a powerbomb story to it. You could it was a story, absolutely. Right? There could have been a legit program there. Absolutely. I agree 100%. We never got that, and no. you can't now because Max is you know, on a rocket to the moon, and Wardlaw, unfortunately... 
I don't know. Just bad. Just not happening there. But no, with, with um AEW, sorry, I got off track there. How do you with think AEW, when it comes to Willie Hobbs? So let's talk about him for a second. He's definitely paid his dues, did a lot of stuff with Dark, a lot of stuff with Elevation, part of Team Taz for the longest time. Uh-huh. And now we're starting to finally see, and I'm noticing this with Tony Khan, if he has someone and you're like, oh my God, he's doing nothing with them. Normally by the second year that they're under contract with the company, that's when they start really developing them into being somebody on TV on a weekly basis. But it takes a while. Will Hobbs needs to be the TNT champion for a long time. Would you agree? Like he needs to hold on to that belt. Define a long time. Um, I would say he needs to hold it until till all in at Wembley Stadium if they have somebody to uh to go When's against that I forget. When is the When's all in? Uh, all yeah. in. Let me pull this up here. Get the date. Let's see here. Some of my notes here. August 27th. Yeah, the 27th. I think you keep him and you keep him on a monster pace until all in happens at Wembley Stadium because I think that would be a big showcase for him. It would be a huge showcase for him, and I and I think he would deserve that. I'm okay with that. I like Will Hobbs. I like Will Hobbs as well. I think Will Hobbs is a tremendous wrestler, and I think he's finally getting his just dues. No, I'm fine with that. If they did something to Will Hobbs, fantastic. Um, but just to get back to AEW's misuse of big dudes, for lack of a better term. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know why it seems like they don't. They're more invested in the athletic, a lot of spots. And generally, with your bigger guys, it's more. It's a little slower pace. Well, it's more physical, more methodical. Punch, right, kick, body slam, clothesline, suplex. You're not seeing no. Uh, Moon salts off the top for the most part, you know. You're, they're not going through the ropes to the outside for the most part, you know. I mean, Cage has got airborne a little bit. Archer doesn't he does the rope walk, does he not? Or he has in the past, anyhow. he has in the past. So he they have a little bit more agility than your traditional big guys do, right? But I mean, Warlow can go off the top, he's done he it. Can. Uh, I don't know if Willie does. I've never seen him do anything. He's he's very much a straightforward smash mouth wrestler, which I'm okay with. Um, it almost seems like AEW has a problem with big guys because you got to think. Look who runs it: Young Bucks, smaller guys, you know, bouncing off the ropes. Spot fest, men. I don't say that in a bad way. Omega, same thing. No, he can wrestle, but it's a lot of run, 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 bounce off this, bounce off that, flip. You know, then those are your guys that are writing it, really. And TK, and it's like they just don't know what to do to 
to introduce the bid man to your your powerhouse bid man is like it's foreign to them. They don't know how to write for him. They don't know how to have a match for him. And the, the biggest people that AEW has in their roster is Brody King, Butcher, yeah. and Keith Lee. That's about as big as it gets. Well, I mean, yeah, that's a lot. Of, Brody King scares the shit out of me. He is ter- that man terrifies me. Yes. Oh, by the way, Luchasaurus as well. Where is he? They're bringing him back. Uh, he did a, a small vignette with uh, Christian Cage. Uh, so it looks like that'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with him. But was he injured? Like, I, I don't know. Or no, they kinda... just kind of wrote him off after the storyline with Jungle Boy had had kind of ended, and yeah. they kind of you know continued Jack Perry moving on. And it looks like they're they're doing this whole pillar thing with Max. So it's you know it's going to be Jack Perry, uh, Darby Allen, Sammy Guevara, so, and then uh, Max. And I don't know if they're going to do a four way dance or if they're going to like cycle through people for Max throughout the course of 2023. But it definitely looks like um, Luchasaurus is going to be coming back, and uh, it does look like Christian Cage is going to be associated with him still. So we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, Keith so. Lee has a big match coming up on Dynamite with uh, Chris Jericho. That's a great match. It, is Keith Lee that good? Great? Has has he not been a little disappointed since coming to AEW? I think he has been because I think Keith Lee's biggest success was in NXT because he was, you got to understand NXT was that small, intimate arena, that small, intimate cult following almost like ECW where you could get over easier, right? Because you're a smaller, you're a big fish in a small pond. When he went to the main roster, I don't think people were that infatuated with Keith Lee. Now keep in mind, you may disagree with this, and, and others may disagree, but I think WWE Universe and NXT, it's different groups of fans, in my opinion. Well, there are people who are loyal to NXT, and then there's people who are loyal to Raw and SmackDown. And I don't necessarily know if those worlds cross over back and forth. Do you agree or disagree on that? Uh, they cross over. There are some people that enjoy both. But they're... But- hundred percent there are NXT fans that that's it. And there's WWE fans and that's it. There's there's AEW fans and that's it. Some people just have their organization and what's the same? Ride or die with them. That's right, baby. There's no if you're not in NXT you're irrelevant. I don't want to watch it. I don't give a damn. That's all sports, though. But yeah, you definitely get that, which is strange, though, considering WWE and then well owns NXT. But you know, yeah, you know they're I mean? all under the same umbrella, so you would yeah. think there would be a plenty of crossover. And there is, but there are one hundred percent people that are diehard one or the other for sure. Amen. I agree with you on that one. Um, there was a comment made by a female wrestler, and I think she's good. And I don't know why people continue to dog her. Marina Shafir, former UFC fighter. Obviously, she was in the, the system in WWE NXT. She, I think, is good. 
I don't think that she has the charisma. That's why obviously they put her with Nyla Rose and then Vicky Guerrero as well. Vicky's going to be leaving soon. Her contract ends in July. Um, Vicky's got some own personal issues. If you you've heard about that, uh, evidently when when Eddie passed away, eventually Vicky remarried to her current husband, and Vicky's daughter is basically saying there were some inappropriate things that happened, allegedly, and and that's kind of this big this big thing going on between them. But I don't think Marina has a lot of charisma. She's just kind of like a brutal person. You know, she does her thing and then she leaves. Almost like a female version of Hook. And I like Marina Shafir. She basically said she thinks, in her opinion, that she could do a lot for the women's division if she was given more of an opportunity. She could have elevate the division as well. I want to ask you your opinion. On Marina Shafir, do you feel like this whole wrestler MMA genre crossover, it all started with Ronda, right? So it started with Ronda. And then obviously um, you had Gina Baszler as well. And then obviously you had Marina Shavir. You had uh, Jessamine Dukes. She was another one uh, for horsewomen. So you kind of have that, that, that kind of crossover here. Do you think from what you've seen from Marina Shafir that you're impressed by her? Or do you think that she has the abilities to hang with the J.D. Hamer or uh, Jamie Haters, the Britt Bakers? Do you think she has the ability to do that? Or do you think that the jury's still out on her? She could wrestle with them, like in a match, but she's not on the same level as them due to her very limited charisma. Yeah. She's never going to get over. I don't think. I think she's very, very technical. I mean, I think she's she's very she's very similar to Shayna Baszler. And Shana, I am a Shana's huge not a Shana Baszler talker. Shayna's much better talker now than she was. She was terrible. Yeah. She's not great now, but she's way better than she was. That's the first comparison that comes to my mind. Um, I, I, I like uh, Shafir, but she has no charisma whatsoever. Like, zero. Like, she's got less than Hook has. Really, and, and that's going to be her big drawback. She either needs a very good mouthpiece. Vicky Guerrero's not it. She needs a very good mouthpiece. Yeah. Or she needs to learn to talk herself. Acting school or something. Because if she could talk or she had somebody like a Paul Heyman representing her, or she, she'd be over. I, I really enjoy her in-ring work. Let me share this to you. So, as we said before, Marina Shafir is a former MMA fighter who made her transition into pro wrestling. Now, there is somebody who sees a lot of potential in her. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what this person said, then I want to know what you think, this is who, who you think this person is. Marina Shafir has so much potential, this individual said on Renee Paquette's Sessions podcast. She is the only one of her species that we have in AEW. There's no one quite like her. I see her wrestling differently than everyone else, looking, talking, acting differently than everyone. She has all these martial arts skills in a very high uh, judo and MMA experience. She's such a natural at the way she does it. 
She is new to pro wrestling, like the running, the ducking, the selling, the bumping. I saw her wrestle at Bloodsport, and I was like, man, that's a completely different type of wrestler. I've seen her on Dark and on Elevation, and she was a totally different person there as well. She wrestled Masa Slamovich, a very talented girl. She was wrestling barefoot and moving around well. Her footwork and kicks and movements were totally different because she was officially in her element of more of a fighting style. I like what I was seeing. We need to bring her to TV more. That brings a whole other element to the division. He, this person would also go on to say, and I quote, uh, just a suggestion. Um, let's see. Where is this other person's comment? Uh, let's see. Where is this other comment at? I am so pumped up to see her when she gets into that zone. She changes gears and it's exciting to exciting to see. Wow, I got tongue tied. Uh, Shafir currently wrestles without shoes and she wrestles barefoot in her matches in and outside of AEW. Uh, once again, she wrestled at Josh Barnett's Bloodsport Nine. And fans can watch her as she hits the independent scenes in between doing stuff in AEW. Do you know who that person was who spoke so highly of her? No, Serena Deep. Well, first of all, I would love to see her back. I have no idea what's going on with that. Um, but it was John Moxley. Wow. And you know what's interesting about this? We're talking about Marina Shafir. We're talking about, you know, she doesn't have that. She's more of that killer instinct. She's just the fight and beat you up type of person. What about putting a woman in the Blackpool Combat Club like Marina Shafir, where she's surrounded by these killers, where she can literally, that's their normal state, right? She I like build her. I like that. Never even crossed my mind. Never considered it. I like that. That's, look at you. Aren't you smart? I tell you what, you do this long enough, you start to pick up a few things. I guess so. Maybe I'll get there one day. <laughs> hey, hey, the clock's right twice a day, right? And what they say? Um, Marina Shafir, once again, I think that it's, I think she's somebody that really could do something well for that that industry as far as that uh, genre in, in women's wrestling in AEW. And they're trying to build that. They really are. They're really trying to build that. You know, they're, they're trying to not only get Jamie Hayter over, but they're still going to factor in. And I'm, I'm waiting for the whole Britt Baker jealousy Jamie Hayter thing. You know, when we were looking at that, we're like, well, when is this going to happen? Has to happen. It has that, to happen. That, there was so much tension and jealousy for the longest time, and they never did anything about it. And I'm like, oh, for the love of Pete, you're going to miss this moment. So I'm wondering if they're eventually going to do that, because I think that would be a big deal. Um or the other thing that she could do, which I'm not as highly on, is she could join the outcasts. Um, but once again, I don't know about all that. Um, but no. I think it would be interesting to see what they do with Marina Shafir. Speaking of Serena Deeb, I, I would love to know what's going on with her. I miss Serena Deeb. She is so good. She's really but she's good. another one. She can't talk. If she could talk, man, alive. She's a legend, but unfortunately, she cannot talk. Amazing in the ring. I mean, she's the best woman's wrestler in the ring you've ever seen. It's a good chance she's up there. But she's just not a good talker. It's too bad. 
Um, I'm trying to see here. Let's see. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to find out if I can find out some more about this one. I don't know if this is has anything to do with where she is right now. No, I can't find out what the deal is with uh, with her. I'm going to have to look more into that and find out if there's any additional information about Serena Deeb because I miss not seeing her. I think she's excellent when it comes to wrestling itself. She's definitely, you know, a lot of people uh, are calling her the female Dean Malenko, which is a huge compliment because Dean Malenko is amazing in the ring. Um, she's extremely good as well, and she's very much a student of the game. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen and what the reason may be that she's been off of television for so long. Anything else that's currently on your mind as far as the world of pro wrestling? Anything else? Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Are you watching the, uh, are you watching the, uh, the reality, the AEW reality show? No. Why the hell not? I have self-respect. All access, guys. All access follows at Dynamite. I, I actually, it, it doesn't follow it here. Oh, it doesn't. No. Do you have no. access to any of the first couple of episodes? Well, I'm sure I could probably find it if I tried. You should. You should watch it. Um, yeah. You should watch it. Watch um, it. Watch it for me. Okay, Michael. I don't know what if that's that's not, if that's not the shittiest reason why you should do something. It's, it's, do it for me. Watch a TV show when you could be living life and doing productive things. Yeah. Watch a show. Yeah, I got nothing better to do with my time. My abundance of free time. Oh my god! This is my free time every week, Mike. Honey, what are you doing? <laughs> Freeland said to watch a TV show. Freeland said, "Jump off." No, I'm not following him on everything, honey. I'm watching no. one damn TV show. That's all I'm doing for that man. I'll contribute 47 minutes of my life for him. Yes. I don't. Speaking of things to watch, I don't know if you heard the big news that was on social media, but uh, Vice TV has announced that they're going to be coming out with season four of The Dark Side of the Ring, which is going to be really cool. Um, I do not. I can't even pronounce this person's name. I'm not even going to try. E-Wrestling News is reporting at this hour. That's all I'm going to say because I can't pronounce this person's name. I butcher it. The Dark Side of the Ring is highly anticipated for its fourth season. Variety is reporting a season four of The Dark Side of the Ring will debut on May 30th at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, only on Vice TV. Now, the newly released preview goes into uh, and hints about what you can expect as far as who is going to be on the program. Now, Jericho will be the narrator again for this whole season. Upcoming episodes will show create uh, showcase uh, the late Chris Candido, Tammy Sitch, the car accident that ruined the career of Magnum T.A., Abdul the Butcher, the troubled life of Marty Jannetty, and more. Once again, season four of The Dark Side of the Ring comprises 10 episodes in total, and the wrestling docuseries remains a Vice TV's highest rated show ever. If you're a big fan of it, go ahead and follow Vice on Twitter at V-I-C-E-T-V. Once again, V-I-C-E-T-V. New season drops May 30th, 10 p.m. on Vice. I'm a big fan of Dark Side of the Ring, and I know you you're, you like it too, correct? I love it. I think oh, I've watched so each episode through two or three times, and it's, it's Because you excellent. get something new every single time you watch it. You're like, I didn't really realize that. Oh, my God. I'm a big fan of stuff like that, like your, your biographical stuff. It, 
it's, it's always just nice to, you know, see behind the curtains, we'll say. Just to get that backstage. Not necessarily just the wrestling part, but the life part as well. Right? I, I enjoy that. I'm a big, I've always been a big fan of documentaries. Like, mm-hmm. I actually did a bodybuilding documentary, and it, I thought it turned out really well. And I love documentaries because it's it's real life, like it's it's real people's stories. And I, this is going to sound so weird and out of left field, but I'm going to say it. But when I have to be up with the baby late at night for these feedings, um, I usually just get a bottle ready and I sit on the couch. And it's the middle of the night, and I'm like, well, "What's on the TV?" And there is an app if uh, you have a smart TV, which I think everyone probably does at this point. It's called Freevee. Uh, Freevee, it's like F-R-E-E-V-E-E. It's an app you can get on your smart. It's free. Um, and it's got classic shows from everything, right? Uh, 2B is another one that has a ton of shows uh, from from way back when. But anyway, I'm watching Hoarders. And I'm starting off at season one. I am mesmerized by this show. But I'm, I am, I'm addicted, which... Interestingly enough, I'm addicted to watching Hoarders. Have you ever seen this show? Yes, it disturbs me. I've never felt yeah. better about my life after watching an episode of that. Well, that goes, there's, there's a lot of mental health involved. Correct. There in is. And, well. and it's not necessarily and, and their fault. Making fun of this by no stretch of the night. We can be dicks on this show, but that's a line we generally don't cross. And I don't have a big one, so we'll I really can't be each other. But we won't make fun of people for stuff like that. No, but, I'm not. You know, making, no, absolutely. I have my own mental health condition. It's like, oh my god, look, like you, you feel bad for him. You do, but then you're like, holy Christ, how'd you let yourself get that far? I agree, and then. You see, like, they'll have the professionals come in trying to help them, and they spaz out. Like, it's... It gets dicey. It's... It is... Jesus. Oh, what is it? It's... Good shit. (laughs) It's sad, Freeland. It isn't entertaining. I agree. For all the wrong reasons, well, and here's the thing. Normally, when you watch an episode, there's normally that that moment, right, where that person just started to regress. Was it a death of a family member? Was it the loss of a job? Was it uh, the passing of a child? God forbid. Was it? It could anything, right? But it's usually like there's like a a, a linchpin, like right there. That's where everything just kind of stopped, and it is horribly sad. But it's like I can't not watch it well it's just like 600 pound life you know what i mean never seen it you have to eat only 200 pounds <laughs> oh is that that guy that right, used to Freeland. Do? yeah you need to eat <laughs> under 400 calories if you don't you're not gonna pinch you in the door oh my and, and the, the, those individuals have a lot they're going on with and i'm not making fun of that i'm just saying no. the show is captivating because i like real stories I like real life shit. I can't get into this Marvel and Avengers and all this other fantasy stuff. And then my wife says, you watch friggin' wrestling and you can't get into this stuff, but you can get into that stuff. I, I get it. 
but there's a lot more drama and like real life stuff that happens in wrestling that I think is interesting. Well, Linda just says it all the time that wrestling is a man's soap opera. It is. That's what it is. It is. Right? I mean, yeah. That gives you a couple hours a week to, was it, suspend belief? Did I say that right? Um, I think something like that. Dis- uh, suspend disbelief, yeah. Yeah, whatever I say. I don't know. Whatever. You know what the hell I'm That's trying to say. It. I can't yep. be using fancy sounding words. I was going to say, what are you doing, man? Come on. Just give it to, just give it to me the butt way. Yeah, I'm good every once. That sounded dirty. That nah, was bad. That was bad. I just was yeah. bad. Just give it way. to me the butt way. That's I think it's time to end the show, Mike. I was about to say, it looks like yeah. uh, the clock is ticking down, and we're going to have to say our fairly wells. Um, but before we do that, once again, we want to thank all of our listeners for listening in. We're having a great month so far in the month of April. Thousands upon thousands of downloads. You guys have hit me up in my DMs and letting me know how much you enjoy the show. All I want to say is thank you. There is no show without you guys. There isn't. And people have been listening to us from all over the world. We have people in the UK. We have people in Australia. We have people in China, Saudi Arabia, uh, Canada, the United States, the Far East. You name it. And people have tuned into this show. And all I can say is thank you. Um, I... Never in my wildest dreams ever thought I'd still be podcasting. I started back in 2006 podcasting, and it's 2023, and I'm still doing it. So, But anything else you want to share about your life, but anything like that? Um, no, I mean, life's and, pretty simple for me. Uh, I like it that way, just working and making some toys. i got a show at the end of the month. And, that's right. Uh, just very simple. Yeah, CFB Kingston. Uh, Canadian Forces Base Kingston Thompson Drill Hall, April 29th from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Uh, there's 70 some vendors or whatnot. Uh, me and Linda have actually been talking about it the last week or so. Uh, I think we're going to take 10% of all of our sales and we're going to donate it to um, the foundation that's running it. It's for. Um, military for veterans that are suffering through different things whether it be physical mental housing or whatnot so I mean, it won't be a lot but it'll be something we're going to take 10 percent of all of our sales and donate it that's awesome dude right. what what is the location again of that it's cfb kingston here in kingston ontario it's the thompson drill hall right on the base it's fairly fairly big building, ample parking. Uh, so there's seventy some vendors. I don't remember exactly what the number is off the top of my head right now. Uh, vendors from all kinds of stuff. There you'll have your maple syrup people, your oh, maple syrup. honey people. I uh, love honey people that do homemade soaps. Please don't. Oh, I love homemade soap. Why am I not shocked? Uh, there's actually a lady, uh, she's done a couple of shows I've been to, and one that I was actually a vendor in. Yes. She does knitting and crocheting, which is not my cup of tea, but I don't stretch your imagination. But she does like animals, and it's actually pretty damn cool. That is, hey, everyone's got their talent. They do. Yeah. There's a there's a pottery lady, actually, the lady that made my coffee mug that I drink out of every Tuesday on this show. I was going to say, hold that back up again. Let me take a look at that bad boy. Oh, that's so, oh, that's nice. 
Oh, yeah. is that like etched? Is that etching that you yeah, can run? Oh, that's yeah, nice. it's all etched in. That's nice. Oh, she does a fantastic job. Um, so she'll be there. Uh, I know there are a couple other woodworkers there. I, I don't know who they are. I haven't met them yet. <laughs> um, oh, we'll meet them when we get there. Well, it's a small community. The woodworking community is is small. You generally know each other or know of each other anyhow. So yeah, there, there's all kinds of stuff there. And it's for a good cause. It's only four dollars to get in or some damn thing. Miss four dollars. Come on, off it. That's it's, it's all gets donated to the military. So that's me. All got four about. bucks kicking around. Right. If if uh, what is the dates on that again? Uh, April 29th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. April 29th. Once again, it's the Thompson Drill Hall. Um, it is right there on the campus. It is. This is the address. I feel like I'm reading this right. Seven D Artesian Road. Kingston, Ontario, uh, K7K7G5. Yep. Uh, I guess that's the postal code. If you'd yes. like more information, give them a call at 613-541-5010. Their extension is 4239. Yeah, the lady's name is uh, Carrie Hollywood. Amazing Carrie woman. Hollywood. Yeah, amazing call woman. Carrie tell her you're excited. Yeah, and if, if you happen to be around... Please stop in. I'm at Table 54. Table 54. There was a TV show back in the day called Car 54. Where are you? It was a um, a police show here in the United States. And it was the guy who played uh, the Munsters. He was he was the Frankenstein character. I forget what his name was. Anyway, 54. So you're going to be at Booth 54? That's me. Booth 54. Once again, that's Thompson Drill Hall. It is right there um, on the base. 7D Artesian Road, Kingston, Ontario, K7K7G5. And if you want more information, 613-541-5010, extension 4239. And ask for Carrie Hollywood, and you should do it exactly like that. You should do it just like that. You should say, Carrie, we know about you. You're Please don't deal. do that. You're a big deal in the wrestling podcast world. <laughs> yeah, but no, come on out if you happen to be around or if you know somebody in the area. Yeah, I'd love to have somebody stop by. Then stop. Brandon's going to stop by and see me, actually. So. Brandon's, we're going to have Brandon back again. Brandon, oh, sure. Brandon did a great job. He was a lot of fun last week. Um, once again, if you are into woodworking or you love the craftsmanship of woodworking and you would like to have something commissioned by the butt, Butster, what is the ways that people can get a hold of you uh, to go ahead and uh, carry on a conversation? Yeah, so Twitter, it's gotnewf2291 at G-O-T-N-E-W-F 2291 and Facebook CV79 Wooden Toymaker. Reach out, send me a message, whatever. If you got questions, you got ideas, reach out. I'll, I'll help you as best I can. Love it. Just like AT&T's old slogan, reach out and touch someone. I'm going to leave it at that. No, oh, Michael. I was going to say something else, but hey, did you hear the thing about the Dalai Lama? Did you hear that story? He evidently didn't reach out and touch somebody, did he? No. Well, I don't know, but uh, he was joking around he says with a child and they were making faces or whatever and uh the dalai lama stuck his tongue out and told the kid to suck his tongue <laughs> which first of all I mean, the man was probably being just silly um however there's certain things that you got to be careful with 
when you're being silly, especially with phrases that sound like that. But anyway. well, at least it was just as tall. Oh, God. <laughs> with that being said, for Christopher Butt, for executive producer, The Rit, which, once again, if you love everything Major League Baseball, the boys of summer are back. It's in full swing right now with seasons. He's talking about the Boston Red Sox and all other Major League Baseball teams as well. Catch his podcast anywhere that's available on fine podcast distributors. Once again, it's called the Pesky Podcast. Go ahead and let them know that the Front Row Material brand sent you their way. With that being said, I am Mike Freeland, and I will catch you on the next episode of the Front Row Material brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material brand. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network.